Hello, thank you for joining us for the Seed to Sow podcast. My prayer is that you will be blessed by today's word. 27 verses 57 through 61. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there. Our subject today is the turning point, the turning point. The short passage of scripture that is our focus today is an account of a very important but short series of events that took place between Jesus's crucifixion and his resurrection. The main character in this part of what we call the Easter story is a man named Joseph of Arimathea. We might not initially pay much attention to the actions of this person. His actions don't seem to be especially important or significant at first glance, but what he did must have been pretty important because he is mentioned in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. In reading all three accounts of how Joseph of Arimathea appeared on the scene after Jesus was crucified, we learn that he was a wealthy man. For some of us who admire wealth, you might say this fact causes his stock to go up. But for us as believers, another critical factor about him might cause us to give him what some call the side eye. To his credit, Joseph of Arimathea was a disciple of Jesus Christ, but he kept it a secret because he feared the Jews. While he didn't participate in the decision of the rulers of the Sanhedrin to crucify Jesus, and he was a member of the Sanhedrin, surely he was aware of what was happening and he saw how Jesus was treated. After Jesus was crucified, according to the scripture, as evening approached, Joseph went to Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus. This man who had kept his love for Jesus a secret was all at once bold enough to ask for Jesus' body. Now, mind you, at this time, all of Jesus' disciples had run away. We don't know what moved Joseph to what was surely a major turning point for him. A turning point is a time when a decisive change in a situation occurs. Having hidden his discipleship, he was suddenly boldly stepping forward. We don't know what caused Joseph to step out of the shadows and act on his love for Jesus by caring for his body. Perhaps it was the outrage he felt 
after seeing how Jesus was treated and during his crucifixion and even before, knowing Jesus had been spat upon, slapped, beaten, flogged, a crown of thorns placed on his head. Perhaps it was a sense of guilt for not doing anything sooner to oppose the decision to crucify Jesus. Like the rest of the Sanhedrin, Joseph knew Jesus was innocent, that the people had been manipulated and caused to rise up in a fury and shout, crucify him. Joseph had been convinced in his heart that what Jesus had taught was true and that he really was the son of God. Jesus' disciples, those who had walked with him most closely and witnessed up close the miracles he performed, the love he showed for the least among them, and the many who had been healed and delivered. But as Jesus died on a cruel cross, they had all run away, afraid for their own safety and disappointed to see Jesus die. It was still dangerous to be identified with Jesus, even after his death. God can and will raise up a person seemingly out of nowhere to fulfill his purpose. While those of you would expect to be strong enough, devoted enough to stay around, had fled the scene, here was Joseph of Arimathea stepping up and stepping in to fill a very important role and responsibility. God can use someone we consider ordinary to do the extraordinary. Don't ever, don't ever underestimate how God can use you. You can never know just how God can use you. And it's not our business to know how our obedience fits into God's plan down the road. You may think that what you have to give is small and insignificant, but simply stepping forward and doing what God says can have effects that ripple into eternity. This was the case with Joseph of Arimathea. He had kept his love for Jesus a secret, but at the appointed time, God still used him. It wasn't too late. We don't read about him before this moment in time, but he had the important job of caring for the body of our Savior and putting the body of Jesus in the earthly place where a supernatural thing was about to happen. Maybe you've looked in the mirror lately or been reminded of your age and asked yourself lately, if it's too late for God to use you, perhaps you have begun to shut down your engines, convinced that the most important and exciting part of your life is past. I have good news for you. It's not too late. When God said, I know the plans I have for you, he wasn't just speaking of your early life. If you are willing, God is still able. Joseph of Arimathea, this story about him teaches us three simple but profound lessons about being useful to God. 
and the fulfillment of his plan. First, Joseph recognized the moment of his turning point. He seized the moment. Joseph was willing to step forward at the right time. It was God's timing. It was the moment when Joseph needed to deviate from keeping his love for the Savior a secret. In our daily interactions, we are often prompted by the Holy Spirit to share with someone about the love of God, to share our testimony, or to just listen with compassion or to show kindness or generosity. In the face of this tragic situation, Joseph stepped up to do what he could. He was emboldened and empowered where he had been timid before. He was filled with unselfish compassion, so much that he was willing to take charge of Jesus' body at a time when he could have run away like the others, or he could have been ridiculed or punished. Will you know when God is ordaining a turning point for you? Will you hear God's voice clearly when your God-ordained moment of change comes? Don't you want to be able to say you have exhausted all of what God has created you to be? I heard someone say once, don't die with your music still in you. There are God-ordained moments when God says, I know you've been doing things the same way for a long time. I know you've been serving me in a certain capacity, but I have given you other gifts and talents and abilities that I want you to use for my glory. If we are faithful in reading God's word and meditating on it and having a consistent prayer life, there will be turning point moments, times when the spirit of God shows up in a special way. I want want to challenge you today to make it a practice to get quiet before the Lord, to set aside time to read and to meditate on his word, and to just listen for that still, small voice. God wants to reveal more of himself to us. But sometimes we're so busy and preoccupied that we fail to experience him the way he really wants us to. It's in those quiet moments of prayer and meditation when we can emerge from our time with God and say like Joseph, like Jacob in Genesis 28, When he awoke from his sleep, he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. Second, Joseph was willing to give what he had and do what he could. Joseph took the time to observe the Jewish practice of wrapping Jesus' body in a clean linen cloth. He placed Jesus' body in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. This took sacrifice and effort. This was a tomb he had purchased for his own use, something wealthy people did. But he was willing to give up this tomb in order to provide a place of safekeeping for Jesus' body. He didn't know it, but the tomb was only going to be used It was only going to be occupied for a very short time. You see, he gave it over for the Savior's use. 
but it would soon be available again for his use too. God can take whatever we give him and do a supernatural thing with it. You see, it's not what you give that is most important, but how you give it to God. Jesus commended the widow who gave two mites, while those who were rich gave large sums. Jesus said the widow's two mites were far more valuable because she gave all she had. Will this be your turning point moment? Will this be the moment when you decide to make a decision that will change your entire existence? I want to suggest two ways to experience a turning point in your spiritual journey. First, decide to simply believe God. Whatever your challenge is, whatever it is that you're waiting for God to do, will you decide today to simply believe God? You know, God's frustration with the Israelites was based on their half-hearted and inconsistent devotion to him. In Numbers 14, the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? How long will they refuse to believe me in spite of all the miraculous signs that I have performed among them? Will you simply believe God today? Even though you can't see the outcome, simply believe that he will do what he has promised. If he said it, he will do it. Simply take him at his word. Let this be the moment when you decide to stop basing your faith on what you can see or predict. What else does God have to do to prove himself to us? How many times must he prove his love to us? Have you seen enough of his goodness and mercy and his provision and protection and miraculous movement in your life to simply trust him? You know, those of us who have reached a certain stage in life, these really good years, we don't have to wonder about what God can do. We don't have to look back and wonder how we got over. We know that we know that we know it was God. Someone has said, all I have seen teaches me to believe God for what I have not seen. The writer George Muller said, remember it is the very time for faith to work when sight ceases. Want to have a turning point? Stop expecting to see and resolve to simply trust and believe. But the second way you can experience a turning point is to decide once again to serve him with your whole heart. What does God require of us? To do all we can, when we can, with what we have. To trust him to take our meager natural resources and trust him to make them supernatural sources of his glory. In Daniel chapter 1, the story is told of how Daniel was faced with a choice of whether to go along with the crowd and eat the food provided by the king or to do what he believed God had ordained for him and consume only the foods he had been told would lead to his physical and spiritual health. 
The scripture says, Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's food or wine. As a result of his obedience, Daniel was blessed. He prospered. He received God's favor. And Daniel had insight into all kinds of visions and dreams. Psalms 53, 2 says, God looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Will you decide today to seek him like never before? But the last thing that Joseph did in this turning point moment was finally Joseph moved out of the way. The scripture said he rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and he went away. Joseph placed Jesus' body in the tomb and he placed the stone at the doorway and he went away. He had done his part. He had played his part in this miracle story and he got out of the way. The rest was up to God. There are times when we need to get out of God's way. When we've done what we know God has told us to do, when we have said what we needed to say, and then we need to just get out of the way. As that old saying says, let go and let God. This is often true in our family relationships and our relationships with our adult children and family members. There are times when we need to simply let go and pray to stop trying to change people, accept people as they are and love them anyway. We need to start praying more and talking less. We need to stop trying to solve everybody's problems. We need to know when to be quiet and get out of the way and allow God to do what only he can do. You know, I hear young people use this expression when they're talking to their children. They say, you're doing too much. And sometimes we are doing too much. I have one more thing to tell you about this idea of a turning point. The most important turning point in a person's life, any person's life, is when he or she accepts Jesus Christ as Savior. But there's another turning point that makes life a supernatural experience. And that is the moment when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. At the moment a person accepts Christ and makes a confession of faith, when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the grave, we receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But there's another turning point available to us, and that is the filling of the Holy Spirit, the infusion of supernatural spiritual power. You know, you've heard me say before about my youngest granddaughter, Janai, that there's something special about her. I kind of hate that she's growing up so quickly, but when she's around me, she's never content. To just be in the same room with me. She's going to be sitting right beside me or sitting on my lap. And if I'm across the room, she is going to come across that room and get close. 
when we experience the filling of the Holy Spirit, we experience the closeness of the Spirit of God, the presence of God, like never before. Ask God for the filling today. Don't try to think it through, figure it out, make it a scientific venture. Ask God for the filling today. Make this your day. If you've asked him before, ask him again. God, fill me with your spirit. Let this be your turning point moment where you experience the spirit of God like never before. Just ask him. Take my word for it. You will never be the same. Join us again next week for the Seed to Sow podcast with Reverend Lisa Weathers Hall. You can also reach us by email at seed to sow ministry at gmail.com. S E E D T O S O W ministry at gmail.com. God bless you.